Why would you want to invest in penny stock that comes with such risk that are totally out of your control just because you think they're cheap? Fear of missing out of the next Netflix took a lot of people down to ground. From Stucker.io, this is Renegade Investors, the show that rebels against the conventional wisdom of investing. We are Hoda and Arash, your hosts and the co-founders of Stockard. The conversation on this show is not investment advice. The hosts and their guests may or may not have invested in the companies we discuss. Don't make investment decisions solely based on what you hear on this show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Renegade Investors. As usual, I have Arash, my partner in crime, with me here. Hey, everyone. So today we are going to talk about the top nonsense ways we pick investments that proves we are all idiots. This episode came about during one of our regular sit-downs and reviews with a few of our friends over dinner. Arash, do you want to tell the story of how this episode came about? Um, yeah, as um, actually as Hoda said, um, because we co-founded Stockard, um, usually every time we do have a friends gathering or conversation or dinner or whatsoever, conversation ends up in investment picks and portfolio reviews. Um, or I should better say people double check their investments picks with Hoda. That's usually the norm. Um, we were having dinner with friends and um, I, we, we started uh, reviewing a couple of companies. And But this time we started to review the companies that people skipped. And then we looked at the reasoning behind it. And then we started dwelling on, uh, on the specifics. We found very clear themes about the reasons people skip great investments. And um, we wanted to share it with you. And it's not only them, to be fair. It's us as well. When I look at it deeper, myself, I do it a lot of like a couple of these. And I actively try to stop myself and... To be honest, um, I refuse to accept that I'm the only one um, hit by these fallacies. That's why I decided to call this episode the top nonsense ways we, you included, we. yes, Hoda, we um, all pick investments that proves we are all idiots. It's not I, it's not only me, it's all of us. Okay, I can already see this is going to be super fun. I mean, I wanted to say that it's it's unfair to to assume that some people are immune to these these fallacies and these mistakes to be to be honest no one is immune to at least a few of these mistakes but the good news is the intelligent investors acknowledge these problems and these issues and then they do their best to avoid them no shame in accepting you may have made some of these mistakes but again the good news is that knowing the first step to take action and get rid of them let's get started it's the countdown number six we avoid to invest in a company because we either hate or love their product (laughs) <laughs> this one is for all the fanboys and haters, like by myself, right? I'm part of it. I, I'm a fanboy for some of the products. I'm a huge hater for a lot of other stuff. So more hate than love. Uh, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Um, but um, 
So, so let's put it this. I'll, I'll start with an example for myself, right? Those who know me know how much I love video games. I've worked in video games and I made video games before Stock Card for more than 10 years. And with that, there, it comes a um, weak spot and a, and a baggage as well for video game companies. Not that I'm, I'm not saying that um, video game companies are bad investments and the gaming uh, market is actually growing and there are very, um, like some of the very well run companies like Activision or EA in the mix as well. But I sometimes tempted to invest in all of them because I just love the video games, right? And from my point of view, it, it is a very silly way to judge a product based on, uh, judge an investment based on the product itself. Yeah. So another example of it, Arash, just like what you were saying, because you love video game, video games. So you love video game companies. Another good example of it is Snap. You know, Snapchat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, if some of the listeners may know, but when Snapchat went uh, IPO'd in the early to 2017, um, average age of the investors in Snapchat was something like 30. You know, so most of the investors, the individual investors, obviously in this in the companies, the stock were users of the product because they just loved using it. They thought, oh my God, this is going to be an amazing product. But now fast forward to today, we know that wasn't a good way of picking a company because Snapchat still needs to find a be- uh, the, the way that they have they can make money in a consistent way. And um, they still have a lot of trouble their way before, you know, they, they have many years to, to go before they become a very good investment. Um, so, you know, that's an example. Um, in the end, loving or hating a company's product has nothing to to do with the quality of that company as an investment. So always ask yourself um, whether you're investing or skipping company X because you just love or hate their product. All right, let's move on to the next. Uh, number five, we focus on crazy, hidden, no one knows companies because it feels awesome. Okay, I don't blame people. Again, for this one, I'm one of the folks that um, try to do this. Um, I think this is a widespread criteria, as I mentioned, for most people, right? Um, you skip all the familiar names that everyone knows and just want to find that small hidden gem that no one heard about. Um, you, you're going to feel smart. You're going to feel amazing if you find that gem. Um, and to be honest, it's not necessarily wrong strategy. The issue is that this comes usually in expense of investing in great, well-known companies. And um, again, if that opportunity cost is not there, this is not a bad idea but usually there is. From, from my point of view, the, the, the old El Paso uh, at home taco kit commercial said it best. Why not both? You should never only skip something based on, okay, I only want hidden gems. I don't want to go after the like uh, more famous and more sound uh, investments. But for most people, there is a long list of well-established, well-known companies that are still great investments before they even want to try to find those hidden gems. Yeah, the opportunity cost is definitely high for that. Let's move on, Arash, to number four. We fall in love with penny stocks because they're so cheap. (laughs) Okay. 
This one is not on me. I avoid penny stocks like a plague, right? But I see it often enough in our um, Facebook group and among um, new investors that it's worth talking about. Yeah. Um, I understand why people love them. Penny stocks appear super cheap. It's pennies. And then for actually for a few pennies, you can invest in one share. Um, uh, and with a few hundreds, you can probably buy thousands of the company's stock, which is, which again, owning, I own like thousands of stocks. It feels good. Um, but um, I think it's it comes up with a lot of risk. And I do want this part, I do want to throw it back at you, Hoda. Um, from your point of view, why is this a very bad strategy? Yeah, I mean, there there's a couple of reasons behind why. I mean, as you said, you skip penny stocks like a plague. And I never, most of the time, I never even look at them when I see a company as a penny stock. And uh, the most important reason behind it is the operational strength. Uh, so these companies, when they want to get listed on a, any stock exchange, they have to apply, you know, to get approved to be listed on that stock exchange. The mere fact that the company was not able to get listed on some of the most famous and well-known stock exchanges like New York Stock Exchange is there are lacking the operational strengths required to be listed. Um, so just right off the bat, somebody have already done the work for you in saying that this company still hasn't proved to, to, to the stock exchange authorities that it's a company worth being listed on those more established uh, stock exchanges. So that's one. And then uh, there's two other reasons um, that I avoid them uh, that are believe other people should look at too is um as one is the liquidity what's known as liquidity and that just means you may invest in a company and then you're trying to sell your uh, shares and there's no one on the other's line or on the other side to buy them back from you so you're stuck with a with a stock that you don't want to own anymore but nobody is buying it and getting you off the off your hand uh, and then the last reason, um, which is also still important, um, is the traditional or the very famous, well-known pump and dump issue. Because these companies are so cheap that, um, you know, in, if they're so affordable, I guess to have to say, uh, that a few investors with a small amount of money can uh, manipulate the price and impact the price upward or downward. So you may get in a situation that a couple of maybe even the insiders or people who own the stock kind of get together and they try to pump the stock price and then you become one of the owners and then they will sell before you understand or you realize and then the stock drops and then you're left with a company with a stock that worth nothing somebody pumped it and then dumped it this this is the one other uh, important reason you know there's so many risks comes with penny stocks that just because they're affordable that doesn't mean that you have to fall in love with them the morale of the story is that um, why would you want to invest in penny stock that comes with such risk um, that are totally out of your control just because you think they're cheap all right. Shall we move on to number three? Yep. All right. Number three. We avoid great companies because of the price of the stock seems to be high. Yeah, I think this is to some extent tied to the previous one mm -hmm. as well, right? It's a um, it's aligned the same reason. I cannot afford the price. It's too expensive, right? And um, so I, I like how on the previous one, uh, previous one when you were explaining, you differentiated one affordable and cheap, right? Mm -hmm. So 
and um, and I think we should go a bit into that um, because from my point of view, people only look at the stock price, right? And not at the price uh, PE ratio or price per earning ratio of the stock. And lucky for everyone here, including myself, because we have a, a financial encyclopedia sitting next to me. Uh, Huda, what's your thoughts about the price of the stock and the PE ratio and why like um, avoiding great companies with a high price tag is not necessary? Um, it, it's a fallacy to some extent. Yeah. So, I mean, we it's, it's just kind of feels intuitive that when you say one stock of a company, let's say Amazon is to almost $2,000 now or a little bit higher, a little bit low, uh, lower, it feels that it's a very expensive stock because we're used to price of things by their unit. Uh, a, a price of a pair of shoes, for example, if it costs you a thousand dollar to buy a pair of shoes, that come that that co- that pair of shoes is actually very expensive. But the unit for the stock or shares of companies, it's not one share; it's actually earnings. Companies are priced. For every dollar that they make in their earnings, which is the bottom line of what's left um, per share, um, that's what matters. So when a stock of a company sounds expensive, or if they say out there that it's a very expensive stock, they mean that price of a one share per one unit of earnings, is it high or low? So there's this whole notion of being able to afford a stock. Uh, but Arash, you were researching and we were talking about um, how we can afford buying these better, well-managed companies, but they, the ones that have a higher price tag. Uh, what did you find? I'm sure some people will say, hey, dude, Bullshit. I don't have $2,000 to buy just one stock of Amazon, right? Uh, I can't just, I can't afford it. I, I get it. No matter how cheap it can be, when you compare that uh, to its uh, earning, it doesn't matter. Like, hey, Amazon is super cheap in a sense of the PE ratio. Um, the solution, but I cannot afford it, right? But the solution I found out, like, we can actually, we are, we are actually very lucky. This wasn't a case during our um, the previous generation or even like a couple of years ago. You can actually now go buy partial stocks. Like, you can buy a, a partial stock of Amazon, you don't need to pay $2,000. And then there are a couple of companies, not one or two, there's like a lot of companies are actually starting to do this, uh, to offer this this partial uh, purchase, which is a great solution for people saying, hey, I don't want to risk $2,000 or I don't have uh, $2,000 to spend in Amazon. I believe in Amazon, but it's expensive. Now this is a good way. You can buy partial stock. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, the, the, the one that I really like and I sometimes use is called uh, Stockpile. Uh, you can use it to give people, and they're not sponsoring or they're not, they're not supporting this out. I hope one day they do, but right now they're not sponsors of this podcast. Just say that, <laughs> but I use them. So I, 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 I like them and it's called uh, stockpile. And uh, yeah, you can go and buy, um, $5 worth of Amazon or. 200 worth of Amazon, you know, whatever amount of money you want to put in. It's the same company. You just put smaller amount of money in it. Hey, Hoda, I hear we're doing something cool and special on November 8th in San Francisco. Tell us about it. Oh, yeah. We are having a full day how to invest workshop in San Francisco on November 8th. It is designed for people who want to get started with investing even if it's with a small amount of money or like for people with limited investing experience. 
So we've got a great location. You and I went to pick up the location, Arash, actually, in yep. FIDI, Financial Districts in San Francisco. It's a very cool place. We've got amazing food, coffee, drinks. It's going to be a great day of hands-on conversations and learning about how to create your own personalized plan to start investing for the long term in the stock market. And you also get a chance to hang out and network with a stock card crew and and other fellow long-term investors. So we have a special uh, promotion code for you. Go to howtoinvest.university, register for the workshop, and use promo code RENEGADE to get a special $30 off of your ticket. And also, we've added something special for you guys, um, the podcast audience. You will get invited to an invite-only happy hour that happens just right after the workshop. So it's howtoinvest.university. Use promo code RENEGADE to get a special $30 off of your ticket and get invited to invite-only happy hours. We're looking forward to seeing you guys. All right, we're almost getting to the end. Two more left. Number two, we avoid or invest in a company because we hate or love the CEO of the company. <laughs> tell me, Arash, tell me about it. All right, to be very, very honest, um, this list started because of this entry, right? <laughs> right, this is me, right? I do this very, very often, unfortunately, and I know it's a very big fallacy. Um, and a, a very simple example was I avoided buying Twitter for a very long time because of my unfounded hate towards Jack Dersey. I just, and, and I even tried to come up with weird excuses. I remember talking to Hoda to not to invest in Twitter. But at the end, I think I missed buying earlier just because I had a unfounded feeling towards the CEO, which I get it. I, it's... Um, uh, it's weird and silly. Um, another example, I have a lot. If you want, I will actually put a podcast only about like well, which of the CEOs I don't like. We should do that. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but another one I think um, always comes to my mind. It's one of your examples. So that is. Um, Evan Spiegel, uh, Spiegel uh, the CEO of Snap, right? He actually reminds me of a cardboard box, or oh on a good, goodness. or on a good day, a potato. Sorry, I am so sorry. He hasn't done much for the company or anything like that, and. It doesn't mean I am wrong or anything. It's just extremely silly to judge uh, a company. That yeah, it, to judge a company. It's very, very silly, right? Uh, but I am sure, and my side is always the negative side because um, I'm a very optimistic person. <laughs> but I mean, there's, but, a, there's a positive side of it. Of course, as well. right? I mean, it's not a positive side, but like, it's if you hate the CEOs, I actually have a personal story to say, and that's my crush on Howard Schultz of course, who, who's yes. the well right now no no more the CEO but the previous CEO and almost the founder of the company um, I don't say I invested in Starbucks because I have a crush on the CEO or I had a crush on the CEO at the time when he was the CEO but um, Starbucks is still a very well managed company definitely I checked my numbers and did my homework um, 
But I have to say, every time the stock price goes down, I almost tend to close my eyes and say, it's fine. It's just how we, I don't worry about it. <laughs> right? uh, you know, or I look at the picture of Howard Schultz oh, yeah, I have on picture. my picture <laughs> on my desk. <laughs> there is actually a picture, and I may say signed, but it is a picture on Hoda's uh, desk of Howard Schultz. Okay. Anyway, it's no good reason to pick companies um, or investments based on your feelings towards the CEO of the company. With that, Arash, we're at the end and we are talking about, going to talk about number one. We invest in a company because of the fear of missing out. Yeah, I think um, this is, I would say, number one because it's the most widespread. Um, I think it happens to everybody in different contexts and even in different types of investment. But when we talk about like stock market investing, um, the infamous FOMO, uh, we see it many, many times um, uh, with any new IPO, right? Um, Everybody wants to be an early investor, right? It's cool and they want to ride the wave of growth and explosion of the next Silicon Valley um, unicorn and blah, blah, blah. But they are willing to close their eyes on all the under clarities and issues that come with recent IPOs just to get in as fast as possible. We actually talked about this problem. Do you remember with our recent IPOs um, in one of the Stockard weeklies? And yeah. every time there's an IPO, there's a FOMO for uh, full around, right? There's everybody just runs it. Okay, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy without... Um, actually checking the numbers without like understanding the market without because there's not much information at that stage right yeah the, uh, another good example of it Arash is a company called uh, uh, or the ticker symbol uh, HMNY which is the parent company <laughs> of the movie pass and that's like a clear, clear example of this uh, fear of missing out. Um, basically, a lot of investors looked at it and say, oh my God, this is the next next Netflix. I want to get in as fast as possible. The company is managed or founded by a co-founder, ex-co-founder, like a previous founder of, um, of Netflix, and it charged 10 dollars per month per user everybody said this is definitely netflix um so a lot of people got in um without checking the numbers without looking at how the company makes money and making sure the company is operationally strong and what happened is that as we know the stock just basically nosedived because the company doesn't have a consistent and reliable way of making money and they just burn through their cash so fast. There's no money left. They, they need to go raise money or find some, you know, finance it through debt. Fear of missing out of the next Netflix took a lot of people down to ground. And uh, that's it. I think that's the most important one. That's the, that's the most widespread one. People, there you have it. These were the top nonsense ways we pick an investment <laughs> that proves we are all idiots. Thanks to Arash to pick up this uh, this title for this episode. Of course, you know, as we said at the beginning, um, we are having a little bit of fun with this topic. But in all seriousness, it's a good practice to ask yourself whether you've made a few of these mistakes in the past. And that will help you to get to know yourself as, a, as an investor and correct your course in your future investments. 
Yeah, and and make sure like to in the comments say do you agree you don't agree and if there is any other like fallacies regarding how you pick on it it's it's great we want to hear from you as well. Let's wrap it up. Thanks everybody. Our website is stockcard.io. Stockcard is a cheat sheet for long-term stock market investors. Sign up and create a free account with one click. All right, folks, that's it for this episode of Renegade Investors. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you had fun listening to us, give us a review. We read all of your reviews and comments. You may even get featured in the future episodes. I love this episode, by the way, because it's near and dear to my heart. Not because I do it; it's just I, I find it very interesting, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's fun. It was fun. Well.